Welcome everybody, I'm Ambo Magic, uh, you're listening to the Musical Movements podcast, welcome, 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 I'm here with Mr. Bish, and uh, we're in this really fancy um, old school place, Vino's in Croydon. Yeah, it's such a cool place man, it's called, it's, uh, it's former, v- former, former Vino's, Vino's yeah. former Vino's, uh, it's called the venue on Middle Street, it's really cool, three floors, actually used to be Europe's largest second hand record store. Second largest, yeah you're right. It's the largest. Was it largest? It was the largest. Oh, I remember coming here as a school kid, and here we it's are. Like three floors of records. We've actually, like... we've actually brought musical movements all the way to South London. Oh, mate, you know this, what? this is a, a feat in itself. It's yeah, amazing. it's 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 such an iconic place. Like the people, especially the local people that know about this place. Yeah, they would have spent hours on end just sifting through different records and stuff over here. It's uh, it's such a cool spot, man. Like. Um, yeah. But uh, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. Thanks. <laughs> not, not too bad. So today's podcast is about destination weddings. We're going to go into that in just a few moments. But yeah, first of all, what are you sipping on? Oh, mate, do you know what? Let's just do one of them. Yeah, we had to do that. <laughs> By the way, if I refer to you as Bana, that's what I normally call you. So Yeah, that's basically what happens. Yeah, that means brother in, in Swahili. So, yeah. yeah, so we've got, we got like, a bit of multilingual stuff that's going it. on here. So it's a bit of JD and Coke for me today. I've got a Sailor Jerry's uh, rum and Coke today, so why not? Can't go wrong. Why not? So destination weddings is such, such a massive topic, and um, we've been thankful, grateful to do so many destination weddings over the years. Um, what for you are the main um, main key things to watch out for when you're planning your own destination wedding? Well, like the thing is, is with destination weddings, um, it's really key to work uh, work with work with the right people. Yeah. I think um, we we've spoken about it before uh, loads, on loads of different occasions that. I think it's really important to have a, a wedding planner on board because oh, yeah. you just got somebody who's there as your central contact and the person that's going to be their go-to regardless of whether it's for, for DJs, um, decor, photographers, venue, whatever. You've got that go-to person um, that, um, that's there. You don't, you don't really have to worry about what you're going to kind of you know, deal with, really. Yeah, I totally agree with that because um, for me personally, they're a bit more like a parent. They hold everyone's hands. And there's been situations, I'm not going to lie to you, where I've been stuck at airports or I've been stuck booking my own transfer and stuff because they're not being there. So um, it's really, really important to have a planner. I know we've spoken previously about the importance of a planner in, um, in weddings and stuff. In the UK, it's different. But when you go abroad, you have to have a planner, I think. It's really, really important for me. Um, and also cultures, like wherever you go, Italy, France, they've all got their own cultures and they've got certain ways to do things and that's where the planner comes handy so yeah oh definitely without a doubt with, with that with that in mind i think also with um with destination weddings they can be so so much fun um you have so you just it's, a, it's an opportunity just to take your friends and family out of their normal settings of being at home and they're like you know normally when you go when you're when you're doing a wedding or whatever you're just you'll go from home to the wedding and then come back home whereas when you're at a, a destination wedding you can you can put in different uh, events and different um, tasks and different not, not tasks um, activities. Yeah, like going to the beach or going to like just having a bit of fun. Like yeah. you know, do some water sports or something if you're if you're at a beach days, um, and just trying to put different different elements in it just to give people more of an experience mm-hmm. rather than it just being about going on holiday and or even rather than just just going to a wedding like. Um, you know, have you done like weddings? Have you done destination weddings where there's 
multiple events throughout because oh. you have to kind of almost try and make it worthwhile. Like it's not just going to a wedding, you know. What's the, the destination wedding that you've been to with the most events? Okay, so I had one in India and um, from start to finish, that event, I mean, that wedding itself, from the moment I landed, there was a, a, a pre-party, there was a welcome party, there was an after party to the welcome party, which was like a boat party, and then they had um, had the actual wedding ceremony. They had a ceremony before that because the bride was um, a different, I think she was South Indian, and the groom was Gujarati. So they had like a lot of different cultures and stuff, which is it's amazing, it's, it's epic. But in that short span of time, there's so much energy and so much drive. Everyone's in a good mood because they're abroad. It's almost like being a holiday. And first of all, you're there for the wedding and you're also experiencing the culture of where you are. So there's loads of people that haven't been to that, that part of India or that haven't seen the area. So um, the couple have gone through the process of putting itinerary together, where to go to, historical sites nearby. It's a brilliant vibe. But the, the, the thing is you cram in so much um, that you don't really sleep. You're kind of running on, on Duracell battery. Do you find that when you go abroad? I was about to say that just you just tell you telling me how many events are. I'm just exhausted just exhausted just hearing you tell me about how many events there were. Like we have loads of events generally when it comes to Asian Asian weddings. But yeah, I mean like that's that's really cool that you got couples that get involved with the cultural side of things and um, like especially when you got non Asian uh, people and to be fair Asian people generally like you know we're all just in our own like bubbles and just doing our own bits so we just don't get the opportunity just to sort of relax relax and just do something else and not have to worry about work and whatever else uh, is going on in our lives and just um it's a nice nice thing for a couple to do so i, I think that's a, i think it's a really good really good shout i mean what i try what i try and do is um wherever i'm djing if i'm in italy for example i try and bring a bit of that culture into the music so especially for the welcome part you want to set the tone and um, show people that you're in Italy or you're in Spain and play an element of um, Italian or Spanish music fused with um, the culture that you're trying to do DJ for, if it's Asian culture, trying to fuse it with that. And um, I found some really cool um, Spanish-Indian music. It's called Ind India Lucia kind of music. So oh, wow. it's got like doublas and stuff and you've got Spanish singing in the background. And that's what stuff sets the tone because people are coming to Spain and they know they're there for a wedding and it completely sets the mood. But what I find most important, I don't know if you do this as well, but is to change up the genre for each event. So um, so for the welcome party, the genre is completely different to the after party, <laughs> if you're doing an after party, yeah. and then the reception and the wedding. So yeah, it's really important to, um, to have different genres for each event because if you're doing a heavily um, Bollywood Mendy party, for example, and then a the reception, you try to switch it up and do predominantly English music, you're kind of catering for different types of people and different elements of the event if you rinse out the bollywood and then the reception you've got more bollywood going on people do get kind of bored so um, have you found that yourself that you yeah i mean you know, to be fair like that's it's a really good good way to think about it and um i think that's where the value of um of what we do comes in to um to doing destination weddings and it is about going the extra mile and looking at those things that you were talking about about um tapping into the culture and yeah. playing music and finding music from that culture. I know you and I are very similar in that sense. We do like listening to some really random, like obscure music, like from French to, you know, German and like, you know, 
Italian and everything like and it's really interesting uh, like we get excited by music and um and by hearing some some different types and different genres and different cultures you just doesn't matter what they're talking about it doesn't matter you know that I don't understand the language but I understand music um and being able to filter that into the the the, the wedding itself uh, for where it is it's uh, it's really really important and I think the crowd and the guests they do appreciate that um and yeah I, I, I totally totally side with that of course so a bit of an interesting question but have you faced any challenges at, um destination weddings and if so what have you been through or what challenges have you faced or how did you come across that and go past that well I think challenges I've, I've I think you've done more destination weddings than I have um but it's more so to do with the logistics and, uh, and and that sort of thing and in terms of like when you land you get there um but even we can dial it even further back from that especially it's more so important right now with all the changes that have happened uh with brexit i don't want to get too pol- political like but you know it's it's obviously you know we're not we're not living in the in the european union anymore where we can, we've got that free freedom of movement we have to we have to worry about things like uh, visas and and we also have to think about um, these like COVID passports and um, making sure that we got all our jabs, and making sure that you know we have to, whether we have to do the PCR tests and things. That means that we have to make sure that if we've got a few extra days either side of the event, just in case. Um, so let's, let's throw it out. It's 2022. It's your yeah. wedding this year. Would you get married abroad? Hang on, it's my wedding. Oh yeah, of course it is. Would, yeah. would you, would you, <laughs> no, but say hypothetically, if, even if it wasn't, um, would you get married abroad? If you had the choice of doing it abroad, well, if it was twenty twenty two, well, we are twenty twenty two right now, so probably not. You wouldn't, okay? What's, yeah. what's the what, what's your just? The, I think I think there'd be for me personally. I yeah. think it's um, it's because of the restrictions um, that are in place at the moment, and also, you know, for my guests, I just wouldn't want to like put them not put them through it because that's the wrong way to way to look at it. Because you could look at it in the sense of okay, we're, we're giving everybody um, the opportunity and um, just an excuse to get out of the country and go go on holiday. Um, but at the same time, I'm like, do you know what? I don't personally. I wouldn't want to, to like go abroad and have any risks of anybody catching anything or anything like that. Um, it's but that's just me. That's just my personal opinion on it. How about you? Because we know you're you're getting married. Um, Hang on, next next week. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Because this this podcast goes out on the Sunday, so you'll be married yeah. by this point. The, the podcast it's, it's goes funny, out. It's funny because, like, you're saying that I'm sitting back so relaxed on these cushions, <laughs> and I'm chilling out, sitting back, and I'm actually getting married next week, and I've not really, yeah, I'm not really given it much thought. I'm so relaxed and laid back. Um, but if if I was getting married a bit later on this year, would I have a destination wedding? Personally, I can't because I've got elderly people in the family that. Um, will struggle to come out for that. And for me, that's a really important factor. But we have spoken about it, and I would love to actually get married abroad because the feeling for me, being abroad, even as a guest, I've been, I've been a guest at a destination wedding, and I've been a DJ. And for both, the vibe generally is amazing. Like People feel like they're abroad, they can let their hair down. But as a supplier, as a DJ, there's a lot of things we've got to think about. Like I said to you about challenges. One of the biggest challenges for me when you go to a hot country is everybody wants to do things outdoors, which is great. It's amazing, especially for the pictures. 
Um, but the issue I find several times is my laptop freezing in the heat. So it's really, really important um, that you have shades everywhere that you are set up. Um, but that's one really big factor for me um, as a supplier being abroad. Yeah, I've, I've had that as well where my laptop has frozen um, in that, that, at that particular time. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, as a DJ, we have to have backups and things on USBs, things so you can just get in there and cool things down or make sure we've got a fan there or something um, just to make sure that not you're cool, but the, equip the equipment is cool. Um, and even like if you're going to places that are like crazy temperatures, if you're in somewhere like Bahrain or if you're in like Dubai or something like that where the temperatures are, uh, are 30, 35, 40 plus, decks, the decks will, will melt. It think, will I melt. Think, I think you will melt as well if it's yeah. 35 degrees. Oh, mate. So, uh... Trust. Yeah, of course. Without <laughs> yeah. a doubt, man. Like, it's one of those ones. It, it, the, the heat does definitely get to you. Yeah. Um, but then I think then that's, that's down to the planner uh, working with the couple to say, okay, well, we're not going to do it in, at the peak time of where, when the sun's at its, at its highest. Yeah. Uh, we do it when it's lower down. We do it in the afternoon, later on. And then that way, it can lead into uh, into an evening reception, which I've had in the past, um, or I have been uh, abroad, and they've done um, they've done a reception uh, later in later in the afternoon. Like I think it's about three o'clock or something like that. And it was really nice because it would just have the the reception um, straight after, maybe a little bit of time in the middle, not really not really much, um, straight into a, a cocktail reception. And then, uh, and then straight into reception after that, and it was it's really kind of a nice way to do it. So it's a lot, lot more cooler, and a lot more comfortable, not just for us as um, as suppliers, but for the guests as well. I've got to say, I did um, during the whole pandemic moment. I did sort of miss um, doing destination weddings because um, I've always, I mean, the element of thinking outside the box and performing abroad, and doing something very different. I mean, both of us, I know that our styles are very much freestyling. How would you prepare your playlist if you're doing something abroad? What's your way to go about it? I don't think it, I don't think it differs too much um, from from a normal way that I'd prepare a set and you know send out my music fact finder to to the client and run through that during our, our pre meetings. And um, but if there was anything specific, like we were talking about before, with the cultural elements and cultural aspects of it. Um, to see if they did want to, to incorporate anything like that, then yeah, totally. But um, but I don't think it changes too much. Um, it just depends on how many events they've got and if they've got any any specific themes that are around it, so then we can cater the music um, to to that particular sure. event. Yeah. But track, tracking back a little bit, what would be your ideal format um, for destination wedding? So if you were going to have your destination wedding this year. And I'm trying to plant the seed in your mind so you might have one so I can attend a destination yeah, wedding wanna, you as a guest <laughs> and not, not DJ there. Um, but if you were going to do that, what would your ideal format be from start to finish? Um, well, I think, um, I, think, I think it would be along the lines of having, having a couple of pre-events, um, maybe, maybe do like a little golf day or something like that, barbecue, something like that, not, nothing, too, nothing too serious. Um, and then, yeah, when it came down to the actual wedding part of it, to do, um, the thing is, is I, I've got so many things in my mind that I'm like, oh, that'd be cool to do, that'd be cool to do. But it's, it's, um, 
I'm not having a I know you're trying you're trying your hardest, but I'm not having this. I've already I've already got my wedding planned. I can't say too much about it. So um you'll have to just wait for the uh for the video and the uh the photos to come out. You know, mum's a word on it. <laughs> um okay. yeah, no, I I think I I think um with a destination wedding, it could be anything. Because you could be you could be like, okay, I want to go um to do a warm weather wedding somewhere, you know, on the beachfront. Uh, or on um, in the mountains or something on a hilltop on a vineyard a winery or something like um, that tends to be quite quite popular with a mandap on the on the beach with the uh, ocean in the background um, or uh, I don't know if it was me personally I don't know just off the top of my head I don't know if it'll work or not is um, on a ski resort but you know like, what, you know what, you know what great <laughs> on me so much is that you can get that in, in places in the UK mm. but the problem over here is the weather simply the weather because you could do a wedding ceremony a wedding reception in snowdonia which is absolutely stunning but nine times out of ten you're going to get rain and stuff in, in wales yeah. and that's something that's that's of concern to people that are having destination weddings um, yeah so. i think well i think funny in fact funny you say uh, in this country because my my cousin actually got married last year and um they actually just did a very small wedding it was during the uh, the pandemic um the restrictions so there's only sort of 30 people and um they just it was literally immediate family uh and they um they booked like a resort in um in cornwall and um it was lovely literally just in the in in the um the resort the wedding was outside there and um and it was just civil and uh but it was really nice again similarly bringing that going away element but not actually leaving the country interesting yeah so i know we're swaying away a little bit but mm. In the UK, have you ever done an event where you've done it outdoors and you've had a situation where it started to rain or the weather's turned a bit sour and you're halfway through a ceremony? Do you know what? I haven't, but I know you've got a story about this. I, I do. Um, but I thought, I thought I'd lead on to it just in case lucky. you've been in a similar situation. But I've, I've, I've been very, very lucky to the point where there was a wedding ceremony going, an Indian wedding ceremony, and um, just just after the the ceremony was over it started to rain i could see the clouds developing and i was scared because i had my speakers out in the open and um i was like okay i need to get this underneath the table i've got to do this laptop needs to go down first laptop's the first thing in my mind to to pack away and the second thing is the speakers so um it's always a concern and in the uk more so because it's your own equipment <laughs> so, yeah not, not trying to say that when you go abroad it's, it's not my concern still but yeah, it's, it's been a bit of an issue, but I've been very lucky that it's never happened, but it was so close to happening. And just after the ceremony, I just literally say, sorry, the photographs had to be indoors because it started to rain. Mm. And um, it is a concern because we've got equipment out there. Yeah. That laptop's going to be used for the evening reception party and you don't want that to be wet. So Have you, from, from that experience, have you tried to kind of like... Um learn from that and say okay if i'm doing an outdoor wedding i've got to say i've got to either make sure that they have a gazebo or i'm going to take a gazebo with me so it's a tricky one because a lot of couples don't want to have ugly gazebo look which is fair enough i get it because you've got all these beautiful settings and stuff and then you've got a video recording a drone or something from above and you can see this like pop-up gazebo <laughs> randomly planted in the middle of nowhere um so i get why they don't want to do that and they might want to take the risk um but i definitely recommend it i'll say that look 
Yeah, but I don't think it's. I don't think that that's not the couple's risk, is it? It's not. It's, it's more more for us, I guess. Mm. So um, I do I do suggest it, but gently, I guess. More yeah. So. But it's definitely a good idea to to sort of um, to have it all covered up because that can impact your ceremony. Yeah, and do you know what? The, in fact, um, like with the with the speakers and things these days, you can get rain jackets for them as well. So, um, so you literally you put the rain jacket on and the the, uh, the sound will still go out, but you can, you can get wet and it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. But th- that's that's probably the only issue that I can think of in the UK. Mm. Um, even abroad, you can have that issue, but mm. a bit less. So. A monsoon ne- wedding. Monsoon <laughs> wedding. That's it. Yeah. But I've I've, I've luckily never had that issue. But I've been I think that would be such a cool thing to like to to, to do a wedding like like a monsoon wedding that's, like uh, in like a market. I'm just thinking of that film. You think you know, in Bollywood, aren't you? Like? Yeah, of course I am. I'm thinking of that. that you know that, that song, that chunari chunari. Mm. <laughs> I love it. But but that is that is a really cool. Like I mean. The good thing about doing it abroad again is is, is the whole weather element, really. So, mm. um, but yeah, in the UK, definitely, if it rains, then you kind of kind of screwed. <laughs> yeah, I think I think so, man. Definitely. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I mean, um, th- thankfully, like most of the countries that we've done it in, it's been it's been outdoorsy, but it's not been overheating or a couple of situations where it has. But um, apart from that, we tend to find the medium and the company that we're with are looking after us they tend to have things in place or covers in place which really helps um even my laptop i tend to keep it with with the skin next to it you know the cover yeah just in case it overheats i can just flip it over yeah and it's got a bit of a cover there so yeah you got you got to have these little fail steps in in place just yeah. in case something like that was to happen abroad um i had a situation where uh where i had i, I played a gig and um I don't know what happened, but um, my laptop basically uh, drink spilt on my laptop. Yeah, um, and it it was it was done. It was a write off completely. Uh, and I was uh, due to go out to a, um, a destination wedding in Italy the week later. So I basically I had to. Luckily, everything's insured and everything, so I managed to get like um, uh, you know get get a new laptop and stuff. But it wasn't in time, so I just I had to basically go to the on my way to the gig. In the airport, went to duty free, Dixon's. We were up it. Went to Gatwick and literally, I bought a new laptop there. Um, but I was because literally, as soon as I landed, I would have. I was going straight to the venue, so I had to make sure that everything was sorted. Luckily, I've almost at that point, I had all my music on a, on an external hard drive with me, just in case. Back up, back up your life, DJs, um, and uh, I, I, I just. Um, I was sitting in in the um, departure lounge, just loading up the whole laptop, like loading, downloading Serato, downloading like all my music to it, sorting out my playlists. Um, and luckily, everything everything was okay with that um, that on that particular gig. But it was just one of them ones in that situation. You just don't know anything could happen. Um, that obviously that wasn't my wasn't my fault that uh, that my laptop kind of crashed. But then you know you have backups for backups kind of deal with it. That's it but it was just a really stressful situation because i was like what if i get get to duty free and there's not a laptop available i had a backup with me mm-hmm. but it was the old laptop that just you know i know it was, it was a little bit hit and miss but yeah i was just it was lots of things in my mind i was like oh, is this gonna work is it but, not but these situations are the reason why when you have a destination wedding it's really important to have experience and mm. you've got 15 plus years experience of behind your behind your belt so um it makes a massive difference all these situations can arise and they do arise like frequently 
I've even been at so many gigs where things have not worked or the speakers haven't worked. I'm, the tweet has blown or something's happened, but we had to find a way to deal with it. Like um, personally, I did a, I did a gig. It was in Leicester somewhere, and um, back then we were using passive system, which is like amplifier yeah. and, and speakers. So the amplifier blew, and um, luckily we had we had door players there, and um, I literally had to shout and go, right, we're gonna have a solo performance from the door players. And thankfully, we had a spare amplifier in the van. At that point, we, we hyped up the crowd. Door players were doing a solo performance. They carried on dancing, got the amplifier out, replaced it. And, and as long as we're calm during the situations, people are going to be calm. If we stress out and flap, then other people will flap and, and stress out. And that's so important and crucial, it's even for destination weddings and, and UK-based weddings. It's really important to have that experience. Yeah, that totally, because then you, you can just easily troubleshoot something and, uh, and diagnose whatever the problem is yeah. on the fly and um, not make it look like anything's wrong no. even though you're having a bit of a uh, a bit of a situation yeah. and you're like oh my god oh my god inside yeah. <laughs> um, but I've... then on the outside yeah you have to you have to be remain calm and uh, and project that calmness as well I've had to play a couple of tracks from an iPod because my, my laptop froze mm. and it had that little circle of death you know the donut that comes up on the yeah. screen and you're like oh not now and the party was at its peak, and I had to fade in a couple of tracks on the iPod mm. as a backup. Back then, it was an iPod. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, that, that was really scary. But again, it's the experience and the knowledge of what to do and not to let other people know that there's something going on and try and, as I say, the show must continue, right? Yeah. Um, have you ever done a destination wedding where they've gone in a bit too hard on that first event? Because... We've been to events before where, where you had like two or three events in a row. On that first event, people get a bit excited. They, it's, they just get, they get too excited on the first day. And it's almost like you're, you need to kind of pace yourself, you know, and everyone's, yeah, everyone's great. It's excited. Oh, we're in a new country, you know, we're relaxing, we're ready to party, we're ready to get on it. Yeah. But you've got you to realize that, hang on a second, this is just a warm up session. We've got the wedding the next day or we've got something else the next day that we have to kind of be on point for and um yeah i mean like when you get into that first first night and um as a dj i think it's it it does lie the responsibility does lie with you to dictate how the energy of the music goes and that that energy then filters out to the crowd um because if you go too hard then you're obviously encouraging them a little bit as well to kind of do that um, and you obviously want to do, you want to flex a little bit as well and, and you're a DJ, but at the same time, you've, got, you've also got to pull back a little bit as well on that first night to make sure that they're not, um, then they're not going to like, uh, they're not going to fade too quickly. Yeah. yeah. So, and they're going to be ready for the next day, um, whether it's the wedding, whether it's the reception, whether it's another event. What was, your, what, what was your experience with that i think uh, first of all it's really crucial what you mentioned there we are literally puppeteers and what we do controls the mood and emotion of that crowd um and it's so important to pace it out i can't can't stress that enough because um i did that i did a wedding once in spain and um on that first welcome party it's an amazing feeling being out there and performing and obviously the crowd are in the same mood and vibe now the party started they started dancing from eight o'clock now, bear in mind, the next day was the wedding ceremony. Next morning, right? You already know where I'm going with this. So, um, 8 o'clock in the evening, they started to dance and party, um, raving it up. 
the party did not finish till five in the morning. Wow. Now, you're probably going to ask me, like, how, how on earth did they stay that long drinking and, um, and partying at the same time? But they had a guy that was there that was a mixologist. So he was making drinks for them. And I go to him, how on earth did you keep these people on the dance floor? And I didn't see a single fatality. No, nobody, 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 <laughs> passed, no, no, nobody passed out. <laughs> nobody was in a situation where they couldn't dance anymore. They carried on dancing. I was like, what are you feeding these people? And I go to the bartender, are you drinking yourself? And he goes to me, I'm teetotal. He doesn't, he doesn't drink, firstly. That surprised me. And secondly, he was feeding these people on the dance floor. He was pouring drinks down them, shaking their head back and forth, and then pushing them off the chair. <laughs> so he's proper doing this thing as part of the act and, and it was it was amazing i was like how how did you carry this on for the whole night he goes i wasn't feeding them all alcohol like the people that were a bit tipsy who realized this and you're mixing more water Aye. so those people think they're drinking alcohol but really this guy's controlling what they're drinking which is really clever because I, I didn't really think of that as a as an option to have a mixologist that controlled your drinks and stuff and came out and poured drinks down your throat to the point where you're drinking tap water. That is crazy, man. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, um, it's, it's insane. So, um, yeah, <laughs> just thinking back to that moment, I was like, yeah, it's, it's quite important to pace yourself. Now, that party went to five in the morning. Next day was, was the wedding ceremony. And that was a whole um, situation getting the groom up because obviously he's party to five in the morning. The ceremony starts at 10. So it's really, really important to pace out your timing. So if you if you've got a wedding ceremony the next day, Make sure you finish off a bit earlier. He, he must have been battered. He, he was absolutely battered. And, <laughs> and that's, that same evening was a reception party. So in that segment of whatever, um, I don't know, eight, nine hours of dancing or whatever it was, they had, to, um, they had to really dance through everything, all the different genres. So when it came to the reception, some of the genres already touched on, yeah. which wasn't ideal, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, good, man. This is a good... Um, good Good, uh, good first podcast. Um, yeah. Well, not to say first, but this is the first one that I'm doing. Same, same. It's the first yeah. one in South London. South London. First time we brought musical <laughs> movements to our headquarters in South London. So, <laughs> yeah, like I was saying, the team never normally come down. So um, we thought we'd bring them down to us. So, yeah. Definitely. Thanks for listening to the Musical Movements podcast today with myself, Ambo Magic. And Mr. Bish. And don't forget, you can listen to all the previous podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. So if you are listening to us on one of those Spotify or Apple podcasts, you can actually watch us. We're actually on TV. Hi, Mum. So make sure you go and do that as well. And we'll catch you in the next one. Peace.